Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening or watching our podcast. If you're enjoying our podcast, we would like to invite you to support us by leaving us a review. Let us know how you have been encouraged by each one of the stories that you have listened here. Also leaving us your feedback. You can also help by following us on social media on Instagram and Facebook or by liking or commenting on our post and also by sharing with your friends and family. Also, don't forget to subscribe on our podcast and YouTube channel. Another way that you can also help us is financially by visiting our Patreon page by going on the link here on the description. This is Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives, a series dedicated to the testimonies of believers and followers of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Arlenis Bakalu. Hey everyone, my name is Ty Nickelberry. Again, I just thank you for joining in to our, our series, uh, Who is God? Who are we? And also, what is the gospel? Today is our third episode, and we're going to talk about what is the gospel. And we are um, picking up from where we left off when we were talking about who are we? Who is man? And man essentially is fallen um, because of uh, his fallen nature. He does not have a relationship with God. He is spiritually separated from God. So how do we rectify that? Well, the thing is, we cannot rectify that. There's nothing that we can do in having a relationship with God. But what there is, there is what we call the gospel. The gospel means the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. And one thing that I want you to take away today is the gospel is what Jesus has done. The gospel is what Jesus has done. It's not anything that we have done or can do. In fact, it's impossible for us to do anything to have a relationship with God. And I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. This is Paul, and he writes, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received, and which also you stand, or which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And what we see here in verses 3 and 4 is this is something that Paul had delivered to them as of first importance. And that number one thing is that Jesus died in accordance to the scriptures. And as I already talked about who is God in our first series about Jesus, the son of God, who is God, he had incarnated himself or he was incarnated. And we see that in John chapter one, verses 12 through 14. And it says the word that is Jesus became flesh. And when he came, he lived as a man. And it says that there he died. And Jesus, when he was on the cross, he was beat, a crown of thorns on his head, spit upon, mocked, ridiculed, and he died. And he was buried. But then it says the grave could not hold him, but he was raised. And one of the things about the gospel that is overlooked is the resurrection of Jesus. And the resurrection of Jesus, it's absolutely important. The resurrection is absolutely important. For one, it is proof of Christ's sufficient sacrifice. 
In Acts chapter 17, verse 30 and 31, it reads, Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. Jesus' resurrection is proof of his sufficient sacrifice, but also his resurrection is a means of rebirth for believers. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it reads this, But blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And again, Christ's resurrection from the dead it is a means of regeneration. It is a means of rebirth. It is a means of us being a, uh, having a new nature that we're able to have a relationship with God. This is what Jesus was saying to Nicodemus. Unless one is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Man must be born of a new nature. And so what Jesus does, he accomplishes our regeneration, our new birth by being raised from the dead. The resurrection is proof of Christ's authority. John chapter 10, verse 17 and 18, it says, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I receive from my father. Jesus being raised, it shows that he has authority. But also when we're talking about the exaltation, it, it proves also Jesus's lordship. In Philippians, it says this, For this reason also God highly exalted him, Jesus, and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. But there's more. When we think about the death, the burial, the resurrection, and we think about the work of Jesus, the gospel, the good news, the work that Jesus has done, he was also a substitute for us. He was also a substitute. Some call this the great exchange, the just for the unjust, the righteous for the unrighteous. God, Jesus, the incarnate Son of God, exchanged our sin upon him and gave us his or imputed his righteousness to us. And we see this in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. And it reads, For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He made him, that is Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And again, what we see is this great exchange, my sin, your sin, and the sin of the world. That is, for those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus, our sin being transferred, imputed, placed upon the Son of Man, and Jesus taking it upon the cross, and there he died and our sin being nailed to the cross. But it's more than that. He also, because of that, his righteousness is given to us. It's imputed to us. And so we are declared righteous. 
We're not being made righteous. Again, it's not anything that we do. Right there, it's kind of like being in a court and the judge, and he slams the gavel on the table, and he says, not guilty. When Jesus accomplished at the cross, when he died, when he was buried, when he rose, essentially, it's kind of like we're in a court, and the Father says, not guilty. I see you through the blood. (laughs) That is something that we should be excited, especially specifically for those who are Christians, to give glory and honor to God, because it was only by God's um, goodness that we're able ever able to have a relationship with him. But one of the other things that we see about this passage as well, look at verse 1 in 1 Corinthians 15, 1, it says, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preach to you. And see, the gospel, it must be preached. And Paul, he says in Romans chapter 10, how can they hear without a preacher? You see, it is the Christian's duty to go out and to preach, to proclaim and to herald the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. And it's good news because man, again, is fallen and depraved and cannot save himself. And man, we know, is going to die. And the only way that we're going to have a relationship with God is by the means of the gospel. Again, the gospel is what Jesus has done. Jesus, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. But again, we see that the gospel, it is to be preached. But we also see in the same verse that the gospel is to be received. The gospel is to be received. And this is what Paul says, which I preach to you, which also you received, in which you stand. So the thing about the gospel, it has to be receptive. You have to respond with a sense of trust and hope, belief. And this isn't just an intellectual assent of like, oh yeah, I believe that to be true. There's a story, I think it's Mike Favaras, he writes in one of his books, It's kind of like um, when I think about belief or trust, it's kind of like you see a tightrope walker and he's going across and there's a crowd of people who are watching him cross over the tightrope. And he says, how many people think I can cross over? And everyone's like, yeah, go for it. So he crosses over and then he gets a wheelbarrow and he says, how many people think I can walk over with the wheelbarrow? And everyone's like, yeah, go for it. You can do it. And they're cheering and he crosses over and he says, how many people think I can do it again? And everyone's like, yeah. And he says, who wants to get in the wheelbarrow? And everyone got quiet. You see, the thing about trusting and our believing in the Lord is essentially we're giving ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus. We are entrusting ourselves to his care and we're going to be led wherever he wants to lead us. You see, that's trust. That's hope. But also there's repentance. And many times the Bible talks about repentance. It says in Mark 1.15, this is Jesus who was speaking. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Acts chapter 20, verse 21 says, solemnly testifying to both Jews and Greeks of repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, when he was preaching in Athens, he says to the Athenians, therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent. And that word repent means to, it's like an about face. It's, I was walking in one direction. It's kind of like I'm doing a 180 spin. I'm walking in a complete different direction. You see, faith or trust or belief is also associated with repentance. It's kind of like both sides of a coin. If you truly repent, you have to have faith. And if you truly have faith, you're going to repent. You just can't repent and just kind of live your own life. No, when you repent and turn and trust in Christ, it means you're going to have a true relationship with God. 
So I would encourage you, if you're watching this podcast, hopefully you've seen all three and you see that God is holy. You see the problem, like who are we? Man, we're sinful. We have this thing called original sin. We're totally depraved. Again, we're not as sinful as we might be or could be. We're not as evil as we could be. But yet, before God, before him him who is holy and just and perfect, we're unrighteous before him. And the only way that we're going to have eternal life with God is through the prescribed means, that is Jesus, his son, who died in our place, took our sins upon himself, and he gave us his righteousness. So I would encourage you, if you do not know Jesus, that you would repent, that you would turn, that you would entrust yourself to the lordship of Jesus and live a life that is pleasing to God. So that's going to conclude our series. We thank you for joining us for who is God, who are we, and what is the gospel. I hope this has been edifying, and um, God bless. Mm-hmm.